and welcome to Carry On Up The Misses. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading our podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So, uh, now that we are in our <laughs> brief Carry On ephemera phase, uh, we have just watched the uh, 2000 TV movie Call Blimey, uh, a biopic of Sid James, Barbara Windsor and... Kenneth Williams, uh, through their time on the carry-ons. Fiona, what did you think? I loved it. Did you? I did. Mm-hmm. As, as you know well, I got quite swept away with it. Yeah. But um, I would say that because we've just gone through this project of watching all of the carry-on films, uh-huh. I do kind of feel like I know them, you know, <laughs> in that sad fan way. <laughs> so it was really nice to see them on the set and their lives and mm-hmm. and yeah, man, there was no real surprises as you know they're true characters mm-hmm. and um yeah it was, oh, but it was really nice i mean obviously the main storyline mm-hmm. was sid and barbara having a, an affair mm-hmm. or not having an affair and then having an affair yes off and on um and i'm just amazed that that was there's this uh, a story about it. Is it isn't Sid's family still alive? Do they well, not mind? There was a bit of when this came out in two thousand well, to be honest, when the when the because it was a play originally. Right. Um with the by Terry Johnson with the uh, I think far better title of Cleo Camping Emmanuel and Dick. <laughs> um but oddly enough I thought, well, you couldn't call it that on primetime T V, but in fact it was pretty out there, yeah, pretty explicit almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it was a play first of all, um, and then obviously it was turned into TV. And and really, I think more when it came on TV than when it was a play, uh, there was a bit of an outcry about. I think I think Sid's widow might still have been alive, right? At that point, um, and I think he had kids, etc. Presumably, are still alive. Um, so yeah, there was a bit of an, including from Joan Sims, ah. said that you know. They should just, they should just be left alone. Hmm. Uh, that was after, of course, she'd written but, her book in which she discussed it a little bit. Right. <laughs> but, but Barbara Windsor was a consultant on this. Yeah, so which, she, yeah, which kind of suggests that she must at least have been, I don't know, happy with hmm. what, what was portrayed of her and, uh, and certainly, you know, she was portrayed as, as a likable person in a way that I really think Sid and Kenny, they did kind of go to town a bit on Sid and Kenny. Yeah. I mean, that might have been realistic. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so what did you think of the uh, of, of the characterisation of these? Um, it, you said that you thought pretty much that you knew what was going on anyway, just from watching the films. Well, and also we've, um, well, we certainly saw that play about Hawtree, so. Oh, yes, yes, that's true. And in the, he spoke about Kenny's uh, battle with, Love it, uh, wanting to work and, and hating the, the mm-hmm, work and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So those are elements. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, I don't think there was any great surprises, but I, d- I think the film did very well to portray the relationship between Babs and Sid in a way that you, you believed. Did you, be- you believed it, did you? Yeah. Uh, see, I, I don't know, I mean, it, clearly it's true, but I, I, don't see what was attractive about Sid James to Barbara Windsor. 
See you? No, I could see it. Could you? Yeah. Oh, maybe there's hope for us all then. <laughs> um, so, I think, um, I think there was a, I, I, I liked her honesty about it all, mm-hmm. but she thought it would just be a one-off and all of that. But you could believe through the acting here that he was actually really besotted with her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that could be the the case. Um, and I think, and I think there was a kind of suggestion that Babs's home life wasn't quite hunky dory. Mm-hmm. Wasn't what she'd expected from yeah married life. Although again, you can't think well, you married a close associate of a gangster, yeah. if not a gangster himself. Um, what did you really expect? Yeah. So, uh, no, I could believe those two. Mm-hmm. Though, what I, the fact, because we cut in and Barbara and Kenneth Williams had already been on a film together, because Sid came later, didn't he? Well, they, they weren't, they were in spying together and Sid wasn't in spying. Yeah. Um, so you kind of came in where they already established a friendship, Mm -hmm. but you weren't quite sure what, how close they were, why they were so close mm-hmm. um, after one film, and you know, there's a bit oh, of not I think, I think there is. It's a very it's a very sort of theatrical thing that you do one show with a person, and you know you're like their best friend in the world. Mm. Uh, and if you do another show, you'll still be their best friend in the world. But if you never do another show again, you might be their friend, but you might never yeah. think of them again. Uh, it I mean, it, change it, how you've been with them. The other thing that was obvious was these films took over their lives while they were fil- filming. Mm-hmm. And this poor wife that never got a look in, mm-hmm. she just accepted the fact that he was away mm-hmm. and probably playing away. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, so, but Sid he James... He wasn't subtle about it. No, he wasn't. But, I mean, so the other thing is Sid James always was always working from as, pretty much as soon as he got off the boat from South Africa in the late 40s. Again, you know, the number of films he made and television mm-hmm. series, etc., um, was staggering. But uh, what was quite interesting as well was he never hid his, at least his um, chasing mm-hmm. after the women. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jane Sims only seemed to really be annoyed with it when it was an affair rather than just. I don't know. I, I, I think I think you in the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's the difficulties you know because it's a real because it's real people. Um, you know, you kind of you speak about them as a full that is for what said that's what John Sims thought. Yeah. But and I know what you mean. I think generally the the you know the the idea was that the world didn't really care when he was just knocking off a bird in yeah. his caravan, but then some of them cared when it was somebody that they cared about. Yeah. And um. And on that note. Mhm. I mean, this film in two thousand portrayed mm-hmm. the casting couch really quite vividly, which is quite a topical conversation at the moment. Yeah, well, I don't, the only thing I would say is that it's not suggesting these people got the jobs on the films because of this, although there was some suggestion that they had got other jobs yes. off that. But no, I, I, sorry, I didn't mean the casting couch, uh-huh. but I just mean the, um, especially it was quite uncomfortable, the, the women who didn't want the intention, like the wardrobe lady. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just so delighted to get the work. Yeah. That she put up with that kind of behaviour, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I think is is probably something that thankfully is becoming unacceptable now. Mm-hmm. But it did it did 
but it's taken 50 years to get this is what I'm saying and even then it seems to have happened overnight very quickly yeah um, but it just it just made me reflect on that because it, it did kind of portray how difficult it was for these people trying to work and and get constantly suggested and lured upon and all mm-hmm. that and it was all deemed acceptable by mm-hmm. the men and the women. I think I, I, I that was that was uncomfortable for me too. I don't remember it being as uncomfortable yeah. seventeen years ago when it was shown, um, or even having watched it in the interim. And indeed watching the films where there's a bit of that goes on from time to time, um, it's almost not quite as uncomfortable in a totally fictitious setting as it is in a, this is a real person, yeah. and this is supposed to be portraying real life yeah. Um, kind of a setting, let alone, you know, it happening in real life. But I certainly think if this film was coming out now, there'd be far more upset from Sid's family about mm. the way he was betrayed mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. there probably was at the time because of that change mm-hmm. in tone. Well, I mean, I think, I think oddly, it, it kind of made me feel that Sid was, uh, that the Sid as portrayed in this film, um, you know, was in, was, you know, was not, was not a nice, was entirely not a nice person. Uh, I don't think that Kenneth Williams was portrayed in this film was particularly a nice person either. Mm. Uh, but, um, you know, somehow, Lovable. Lovable. Um, perhaps because he, he did take, I mean, he took himself too seriously, but he kind of didn't take himself too seriously. Mm. Uh, but I thought it was interesting at, at the very beginning when essentially both men were using their, um, using their penises to, uh, exert, Shock women. well, no, to, to, to exert their power over mm. women, uh, be that on Sid's point, on Sid's part, to have sex with them, or on Kenny's part to shock them and maintain mm. the pecking order of the film, etc. Um, I think that's uh, mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to sort of wrangle with. Do you think that affected? Think that has affected your view of the films themselves? No, I think um, you can't single these out any differently to others of their era. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I would think less of the films because of it. I think I might feel a little less of the people if this docu thing was a real reflection of the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you can love the films without loving the people. You can separate the art from the artist. Yeah, catch you on. (laughs) (laughs) So, there's a couple of things they did at the beginning which I quite liked. Uh When um, the wardrobe lady was just arriving... Mm-hmm. See, did you even have a name? Yeah, her name was Sally. When Sally was just arriving and she looked into the pictures with a little fandom face mm-hmm. and then the pictures changed from Sid into the actor playing Sid. Yes. I thought that was quite clever. Mm-hmm. He kind of knew where you were. Mm-hmm. And and also when she was walking through the set, obviously the the scenery was moving behind her. And, yes. And she like looked like she was walking through an amphitheatre then it turned out to be a model. Yeah, that was, that was, that was good, very well done to yeah. sort of show you how these things... Get done, yeah. So you really uh-huh. felt like you were on this set uh-huh. of, uh-huh. of um, deception and uh-huh. illusion and all this kind of stuff of Pinewood. Uh-huh. So, um, but, yeah, and I, I thought the actors playing the parts of the people uh-huh. were um, very good. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, we start with uh, Jeff and Hutchings uh, was Sid. Well, he, I know he did, he was... Very similar looking. 
Mm-hmm. To him, he had the wrinkly face, which I think you needed yeah. to to kind of mm-hmm. get across the the thing. And his laugh, I mean, I suppose it's quite a thing that people can learn to do, but mm-hmm. that was very similar. So yeah, I really believed he was Sid, um, mm-hmm. and I thought he was very good with that. And there were I, a couple of scenes where I thought it was very difficult to tell that it wasn't Sid. I think one of them was when they were in the backstage of a theatre production. Just him and Babs, and he did a little dance. Oh, yeah. He was very sad in that, yeah. Apparently, he found it difficult because there isn't a lot of um, footage of Sid James being himself. Yeah. Uh, So he he, he did struggle a bit with with that compared to uh, the other, uh, some of the other uh, members of the cast. But, yeah, I thought he did a a really good job. Yeah, and you believed his sadness and his, his... Love and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and that's hard to portray sometimes. So. And especially given that at the beginning he was almost a redeemable, womanizing, drinking, gambling yeah. character, but you did care, you did you care about him, him yeah. by the end. I mean, you were very upset by the fact that I cried at his funeral. A man who died before you were born is dead. <laughs> uh, died, yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So that was uh, Jeff Hutchins was said. Uh, Adam Godley was uh, was Kenneth Williams. Very good, considering he didn't look awfully like him. No. Um, but obviously Sid has a very, it's obviously Sid, uh, Kenny has a very particular voice and way about mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. that is probably something you could learn and mimic and mm-hmm. then you believe it's him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, it's not too subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did think he did it very well. Mm-hmm. And certainly that um, playing up to putting himself down and, you know, the whole bum jokes and, and things like that. He he did very well because he kind of, there was a very, uh, you believed that he was doing this, but you also felt the, the tang of sadness in everything he did, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, it's a very complex character and I think it was portrayed pretty well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought he was, he was very good. Did you recognise him? Well, I meant to. Kind of did, but I didn't know from where. Well, it's really because quite shortly after this, I mean, really, um, both him and Jeffrey Hutchings were best known in Britain as theatre actors. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, quite shortly after making this film, he went to America, which is where he now plies his trade, and he pitches up in pretty much everything. He's been in Mad Men, he's been in The Good Wife, he's been not in big parts, but, you know, in sort of... Uh, you know, done a few, done an episode here and there. Ah, uh, good wife. And he, and he uh, is he? A, he's like a, a nasty piece of work, like a. Client. I don't know, I've never watched it. Oh, right. <laughs> but I, I, I do sometimes see things and think that that guy who was Kenneth Williams and the, <laughs> in the core blimey thing, uh, and Samantha Spiral as uh, Barbara Windsor. Oh, I thought she was excellent. She really was excellent. Yeah, wasn't she? she was really excellent, and again. Um, wasn't all just the laugh and mm-hmm. and but many less. But had that had and, that. The, and the movement as well. Yeah. Very good. But I think she she had that um, soft heart in there, and and being attracted to Sid, as you say, may not have been obvious to the outside world, but I think she portrayed it pretty well. That you mm-hmm. kind of believed that she was actually attracted to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, so yes, I thought she was very good, even to the point where when it was Babs at the end there. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a huge, I mean, I'd know there'd been quite a big jump between her looking young, because obviously she portrayed quite she, a few years. Yeah, over sort of, yeah, 15 but years. But you, so, you yeah. could still believe it was the same character, mm-hmm. you know, so I thought mm-hmm. that was, that was mm-hmm. pretty good. 
I mean, I wonder how much extra pressure that would put on you, not just to play a real person. Who's sitting in front of you. Play a real person sitting right in front of you, but also play a real person who is eventually going to t- end up yeah. playing themselves. Even just for a scene like Barbara Windsor did in this. Um, you know, to, you know, the expression of it's like, I've got to, I ha- the audience cannot suddenly think, yeah, that's what Barbara yeah. Windsor sounds like and, and moves like. Mm. I think the, the, you know, what they look like, I think, you know, you can, you can only do what you can do. Um, and I think for that, for example, Adam Godley's, there's always done something to Adam Godley's nose to make the nostril slightly wider. And, and I think, especially the close-ups, you could see that there's something on your face. Well, doing that, but but I, I didn't think I think it just gave a completely different shape to what Kenneth Williams was, mm-hmm. um, and so I don't think it actually helped mm. making the nostrils mm-hmm. wider, mm-hmm. you know, because they were just the wrong shape. He wasn't the nose wasn't long and thin enough for mm. it to be anyway. Okay, um, uh, Jacqueline Deferreri was Sally, who was the dresser. Oh, she was good. Mm-hmm. And and you can needed a background master character for that because that was what mm-hmm. she was portraying that she was there for decades mm-hmm. or years at least, um, doing that thing and not being noticed mm-hmm. really. I think the only issue I really had with the sort of narrative structure of the of the uh, film was it kind of suggested at the beginning that you're really going to see it all through her eyes, but you did, but you really you know she just kind of popped in and out after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But uh, yes, I thought she was she was good. Um, Kenneth MacDonald was uh, Eddie, who was uh, Babs' driver and bodyguard. Well, he's from the Bill. No, he's from Only Fools and Horses. Ah. <laughs> okay. But he was playing the same character as what I'd seen before. Mm, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty straightforward. Yeah. I, am a, I am a slightly naive heavy. Yeah. Um, who was doing that. Uh, so, of the other um, characters who are uh, real people... Chrissy Cotterell was uh, Joan Sims. I would have liked to see more of that. That's more about the writing and the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but I think she, she, I was believing her mm-hmm. of what I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Spears was Bernard Breslau. I thought he was very good, mm-hmm. considering. Well, he does have the look of him, but he, he, he did. I don't know. I just thought he somehow brought the mannerisms into it that, mm-hmm. that made you believe it would hit him more than the look. But again. <laughs> Are we again on the basis that we just think they all played themselves in the carry-on films? Yes. You don't really know what, what Bernard Breslau was That's like. That's very true. Bernard Breslau published a book of poetry, you know. Oh, he's a, he's a softy. I believe that. Oh, he's a learned man. Apparently he had a quite extensive poetry library. That doesn't surprise me. Oh, there you go. There we go. Um, uh, Hugh Walters, the ever-reliable Hugh Walters, uh, had a very, very small cameo, but I think good. As uh, Charles Hawtrey. Yes, he was very good. And again, I think it would have been better to see more of him. Mm-hmm. Um, even <laughs> if... Because you love Charlie. Yes. <laughs> but, well, like, I just think we saw a lot of Kenny. And I know he was friends with Babs. Mm-hmm. But I think it would have maybe made it... Um, I just wanted to know what they were all like in their real lives. So I'd want to see all of them <laughs> a bit more. Um, and where's Hattie Jakes? You know. Well, perhaps we can help you with that. No, no more. Oh, is there more of these? Oh, so, yeah. There's a whole series of Corblimey. Corblimey too. Oh, the I, black I, and white years. I, I'd watch them all. <laughs> I, mean, I think. I, I think that. I think. I don't know. Again, 
you get too close to these things, so you want to count. I would sit through John Sims the movie. <laughs> um, I would sit through Jack Douglas the movie for goodness sake. Um, Patsy Rollins too. The, <laughs> the electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, mm. so, uh, so sorry, um, that she was. Um, very briefly, Derek Howard was Kenneth Connor. Uh, I didn't really notice him. Didn't really notice that he was. Uh, he was actually quite funny. I well, thought. there was Kenneth Connor or Bernard Breslau, not Bre- uh, Peter Boltworth, and I wasn't quite sure which one uh, yes, he was uh, meant to be. He was meant to be Kenneth Connor, oh, right, although okay. it was never it was never mentioned that he was Kenneth. Well, it kind of was because, of course, when Barbara Windsor was first looking at Sid James picking up the girl in the sort of um, Egyptian slave costume oh, yeah. from upstairs. He came up behind her, looked down and went, uh, in a very Kenneth Connery yes. He also had a very funny bit when they were in the hotel in Brighton, um, and Sid was thinking about going to Barbara's room, and then he was disturbed by Kenneth Connor and another woman. Oh, yes. And he had to do a sort of wheel round as the woman said goodnight to him, or goodnight, and go back to his room, so... Uh, what, what, let's let's move on to that uh, side of things then, which is the um, the sets and the uh, period well, costumes. Before we, uh, as, as a segue, I just I, there's a couple of things that I thought they might do more of, but when they're actually taking the piss out of the films themselves, mm-hmm. like when Kenneth, Kenneth Williams was saying that all the props are just second-hand tat, <laughs> yeah, and and Sid James saying this toga's from. Richard Burton. Richard Burton uh-huh. and all this kind of stuff. So I liked it when they kind of poked uh-huh. fun at that. Uh-huh. And, um, and again, William saying that he got a hard on with Jim Dale fell. Oh, going down the stairs in the hospital trolley. Yeah. I, I would have liked a few more references to the film. Oh, to the film. Because, okay. you know, now that I'm a Nuber fan, <laughs> it would be nice. I, I thought that the attention to detail in regard to the costumes, etc., from the films was quite striking. Really? Right down to Sid James's costume for Carry On Girls, uh, his suit and uh, what I remember most of all was the shirt and tie that were the same colour combination were absolutely spot on. Um, uh, which <laughs> this, is, this has just become uh, Carry On Anoraks now. <laughs> um, but yeah, oddly, they didn't call the resort in Carry On Girls the right name the same name as they called it in the film. Maybe there's a rights thing. Oh, I suppose that, one, that may be true. That might be true, actually. Well, maybe it was. And, and, and I think they thought they would have got away with it if it weren't for you and your freakiness. Wait a minute, that's not what it was called. <laughs> it was called Have em by Sea in, the, in, in this. Um, and it was, was it Furcom? Yes, it was yeah, Furcom by Sea. And the, uh, in the, in, in Carry On Girls. Um, yes, yeah, so it seemed to have got, yeah, so I thought, but I thought all the, the decor Set. and the sets, et cetera, and the costumes were, were really good. And that's another thing I found, because I don't really know what, um, what happens on these things, on sets and on stuff. On sets. Um, so it was quite interesting watching them film the scenes that we have then seen in oh, the yes. film yes. and, and realise how many people are around about and, mm-hmm. and how close they are mm-hmm. and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I think, 
I think that was also fascinating. And also, you know, how they kind of did things in one set, one take mm-hmm. was quite oh, reflective. Yes. Well, well, one, one take was what they were, uh, yeah. what they aimed for, certainly. And, and I mean, that became a bit of a, a bit of a plot point. Um, oh, with the kiss? With, with the kiss and carry on dick when he was, yeah. said had to do it several times, apparently, for one reason or another. Uh, Windsor Davis was in it as well. Oh, as itself. no, not enough. Not enough. Just at the end there. Well, don't worry, you lovely boy. I will bring Windsor back later on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that, is that not exciting now? <laughs> well, that didn't last long, did it, girls and boys? <laughs> it was like Sinbad's affair, that. <laughs> Which is another point we've come to. What? Now, we've said, or we said as the carry-ons were coming towards their initial end, uh, yeah, this was all getting a bit too blatant. You can't really have actual sex in the carry-ons. Mm-hmm. Slightly uncomfortable watching oh, no, James and Barbara Windsor, haven't you? Loved it. Mm-hmm. In a <laughs> Don't ask too many way. questions. <laughs> no, I didn't think that was too graphic. Oh, I thought it was slightly. You make you uncomfortable. It's, uh, all, uh, You're in, a bit of a prude. <laughs> not, not so much in what it, what it was, but more in who was involved. If you're like, you okay, want to I see don't, I don't want to see Sid James and Barbara Windsor actually having sex. Yeah. You now I know what his cum face looks like. <laughs> I wonder, do we have another heart attack at that point? I wonder if that's, is, is, is there something about, um, is there something about desire there? Because of course, without trying, wanting to reveal too much, uh, or hopefully not revealing too much that makes people go, yeah, that's a bit fucking odd. Um, one does, I think, think about people, famous people, having sex. You do. You've never thought about a famous person having sex? Not really. And no. neither have I. Uh, so, yes, so that will draw a veil there at that point. <laughs> You've said it now. You can't answer well, it. Well, that's what I, what I was going to say that was, you then think, ah, but maybe the reality would be a bit careless or uncomfortable, actually. Shall we not do this? <laughs> I certainly, I mean, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to leave you hanging. <laughs> I don't I don't care, because I think, I, think, I think it should be pretty clear to our But I think listeners. everyone knows that sex scenes on films and TV and stuff are never what you actually see in real life. No, I, I didn't really mean it from that point of view, but I know you I, I understand the point you're making, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just moving away from the point you Okay, made. good. <laughs> Give me I a liked, lifeline there. Get I, liked, I liked Sid's um, uh, flat Perfect. that he had to buy. No, forget about that. I'm trying to forget that. <laughs> Put that out of my mind. Um, I liked the flat that Sid had oh, to buy or rent. Yeah, it was great though. You love it? a 70s place. Oh, I love a 70s place. I thought the shagpile carpet was a bit too shagpile. <laughs> I didn't understand what, could you work out what the view was meant to be? Cause the, it was, it was certainly meant to be impressive. Yeah. I presumed it was just London, that there London. But it didn't, it didn't really fit in with our, you know, what I was thinking about there. In the, in the, in the truth of the films, you wouldn't thought we just watched all these carry on films. But in the truth of the film, um, I kind of thought, it's like, but hold on, you're supposed to have been gambling away other people's money, etc. How can you afford to buy or rent? It must be, it must be rented. You can't yeah, it would have been, this. it would have been rented. Um, or maybe borrowed from. But it might be, know. you know what he said about doctor's order, I have to rest. Mm-hmm. It might simply be that he was told to 
not travelled to and from Yeah, his, his actual house. house. Yeah, he had to get a flat in London yeah. when he was on the, on the uh, stage. Yeah. 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 That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, so, any more uh, observations of uh, Cole Blimey? No, that's about it. But you'd certainly be up for... Cole Blimey 2. Cole Blimey 2. Uh, Return of the Hattie. The Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Yes, I'm more of that. Would that, is that be a, would that be a totally mad suggestion? Never stopped you before? Of a series of films in which the main characters were the actors, not the characters, but the actors from the Carry On films. What do you mean? Well, like... Well, like more of these, is it? Yeah, well, but, more, but not like a documentary thing. More like, you know, they rob a bank. Or, you know, the rescue an orphanage. I don't know, you know what I mean? No. no. I bet you better will happen one day. And I'll go, that, that was what I meant. And you'll go, you didn't really make it clear. And you'd probably be right. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so you've got nothing else to say? No. Right. Um, we have one more uh, podcast to do. Okay. Um, uh, are you prepared to uh, to carry on and, and do that? Yes. All right, then. Is Tell that... them how they can get in touch with us. Well, there's not really much going to be much point now, is there? You can still get in touch with us if you want, but, you know, we're about to finish the podcast, so... But it's not just about us reading out their messages. It's about them, you know, making contact. When right. they listen to this in years can, to come... You can be in charge it's, of... It's out there. It's in the ether now, forever. <laughs> you can be in charge of dealing with them after the podcast is finished. Okay. Because my patience has worn thin. <laughs> not not with, with our dear listeners, but with... With like, me. Not with you either, but with, like, I've, I've done the carry-ons now. It'll be a few years before I need to come back to them and, and, and watch them again. Although there are some, as I think we'll discuss next time. Next time will be the great... Uh, here are our... Top 30 carry-on films in minute detail and explaining why we're putting this one above that one, etc. Do you know be... how I have no memory? Yeah, don't worry. We'll, there are, we, have, we have ways of making you remember. Okay. Uh, we will have memory joggers, etc. Um, why are you laughing at that? <laughs> She's got this idea of people, like, jogging. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we will, we will, we will, next time we will reflect upon the whole gamut, gamut of, uh, of carry on films. But um, you still want me to tell them how they can get in contact with us? No, if you don't want to. Well, I will tell you. They can get in contact with us by emailing us at carryonpodcast at gmail.com or by contacting us at carryonpodcast on Twitter. So. Join us again for the final episode, probably, (laughs) (laughs) of Carry On Up The Misses. Bye! Bye! Carry On! Regardless!